0: Good morning and wake up Springfield. This is Bishop Davidson filling in for Alex Bryant. You know, in this last hour, we've had discussions with Curtis Jarrett, who's involved in the local elections and local politics. We talked about how nonpartisanship isn't as nonpartisan as it sounds. We talked with Dr. Merriam, who is a current school board member and uh, someone that is going to be on your ballot come April and discussed some of the important end reforms that she's doing when it comes to the school board and the school district of Springfield. And now we're taking a bit bigger of a view, statewide, Missouri statewide with Gene Evans, who is a, a education advocate with Americans uh the American Federation for Children and also served in the legislature as well. Gene, are you there?
1: Yeah, good morning. How are you, Bishop? Uh,
0: I'm doing well. I'm quite awake. We've been going since 5.30, so this is, I don't know what, what segment it is. I think it's our ninth segment of 14. But we're wow. looking forward to a to a good discussion. I was curious, and we talked a little bit about it in the last segment. We're just trying to think through, it's a raucous year. It's going to be a very interesting year. It maybe is the longest year, I think, in terms of days in session, because we start January 3rd this year. And then, of course, you've got six or seven State Senators out of the twenty four Republicans running for statewide we've got statewide office seekers, of course, in the House as well um, we've got a, an outgoing governor we've got um, we've got a lot of things that are kind of changing and underway. What does that say, and how does that bode for a broader education reform conversation when it comes to the Missouri legislature and when it comes to you know families and children and teachers all around the state? Looking for change from uh from their legislature
1: well i th- I think there's two things you could take, and one is positive and, and and one is negative. I think a lot of folks are anticipating acrimony and legislators trying to stand out amongst their peers um, to get publicity and sound bites to you know raise their name i d and elevate them to to victory next summer because most of these races will be decided in the primary in August, yeah. But the good thing is more and more uh, members of the legislature are hearing from their constituents that school choice and educational freedom is really important to them. It's a a priority. And so I've had folks contacting me over the last several months saying, boy, back in my district, I'm hearing from more and more people that they want to have more educational freedom or more changes, or they don't really like what's going on in their school district, what do we do about it? And the other thing we're seeing is, you know, I know there was a lot of hand-wringing for Republicans last week after what was perceived as some losses um, in, you know, in Kentucky and in Virginia. But we found uh, school choice, school freedom supporters who were running either in a primary down in Texas or the general election, including in, in Virginia, where we had a couple of Republicans win previous uh, Senate races that were won by Joe Biden
0: yeah,
1: yeah because of school choice. So uh, and down in Texas, you know, we had a, a guy who was full on anti-school choice and he didn't even make the runoff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think that is a that is an important sort of caveat to what had happened last week. It's all about how you measure it and what you're looking at. So from the education reform perspective, but but I think the education reform perspective, more, more writ large and school choice, it seems to be maybe breaking some of the, the traditional barriers of, of this party or that party. More and more, I'm hearing just parents in general. Um, and it's not really about a, a party political thing. It's more about what I had said in the last segment. It's about empowering parents and enabling teachers. Um, and so i i I don't know, I have some optimism when it comes to education reform, and I think that's because maybe we're we're finally breaking through just uh just a party conversation we're breaking into a broader conversation about well what's what's just good for Missouri kids writ large
1: right right well the, the freedom theme is going to continue that has been a big theme in elections since. COVID shutdowns. So that is going to continue in the party of parents. It's super important to recognize the party of parents. And one of the things I think is interesting is the national polling has shown a big shift with suburban women from Biden to Trump. And I think a lot of it has to do with freedom It also has to do with pocketbook issues, like, you know, how much everything costs, but suburban women are a huge voting block and they're not real happy with what's going on in their schools. And then the thing we're seeing lately is There was just a story over the weekend in the New York Post about a walkout up in New York um, in support of Hamas, where some students were chanting epitaphs towards Jewish people. Hmm. And so, you know, you had Jewish parents who have their own students that also attend that school and they have zero school choice up there. And it's also very difficult to homeschool. It's very much controlled. So you're, you're forcing students and parents to participate in a school where there's actually orchestrated, you know, attacks on them. And I mean, I mean verbal attacks, but I, th- that screams, we've got to have choice. There's gotta be an option for th- That is Well, first of all, I shouldn't be doing that with our tax dollars, but we have to empower parents and all parents, because right now, wealthy people already have school choice. If they have enough money, they can opt out of their local public school and go private. We need to empower parents. The other thing is, as we have discussed many times, the power of just competition. So when you have schools competing for students and teachers, teacher salaries get better, conditions get better, Mm -hmm. and all, you know, the, the right, everybody gets better because public schools and places where they have school choice have actually start to get better. Like in Florida and Wisconsin, they've actually studied this. It takes a while, but eventually they sort of wake up to, we've got to change things or we're going to lose all our kids and they get better too. And they get better test score wise, but also we look at things like um, student satisfaction, graduation, attendance rates, and yeah. also things like poverty levels in the area. So all those things get better. And we really, you know, in some of our urban areas in particular, we've got to do something about the education. But even in rural areas, we have a lot of schools. It's almost 20% of Missouri high schools don't offer the basics that are needed to get into Mizzou. So any university in Missouri school, there's basic requirements for classes that include some, I think there's some math and foreign language that are there that are not in all of our high schools. So if you're, you live in a rural area, and your student wants to go to Mizzou, they're not going to get the required classes from their local high school. They should be able to go to a different high school without you moving and leaving your rural community.
0: Yeah. I didn't know that. That's kind of a crazy number. Um, That's something I I, I hadn't heard
1: before. Yeah. One of them is about 20 minutes from Mizzou in Columbia. And you can't, so I've talked to Democrats about this as well, and they recognize it's an issue. We haven't gotten, other than one, we haven't got much Democrat support for school choice. And I don't know that we will because the minority party in the House tends to stick together. But in the Senate, we do have a couple folks who are hearing from their constituents about supporting some level of school choice. But what we saw last year, too, is, you know, uh, Senator Kaney put together a package with a half a billion dollars of new, of new money for education that included limited um, open enrollment and a slight expansion of the ESAs and the, 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 primarily the Democrats walked away. They said no, which I think that tells you that every time they say the schools just need more money, say, Hey, we offered you more money and you walked away. What they really want is power. And I don't want to categorize, I should say the non freedom supporters when it comes to education and not the Democrats. Let me rephrase that.
0: Yeah, no, I think, uh, well, do you think that it has more? I mean, we, we talked a little bit about this session. You know, that that's, that's a good explanation of the issue and maybe kind of national trends and where I think all of this is moving. Is this a year, given the tumult, is this a year <laughs> where it's more about introducing legislation? I've heard it described that way, introducing legislation that we're hoping to pass in the following year, is this a year that we need to be focused more on primary elections because it's going to be a new chamber the following year, right, with new with new voices, with new votes? It, or is this a year that we uh, we run hard and think, oh, yeah, we can get this to the governor's desk?
1: Well, we're, we're always going to run hard, and we have a lot of legislators who are introducing all different sorts of school choice programs and some of them introducing the same bill. I, I think you're going to see more bills – for educational freedom than you've ever seen, based on the conversations I'm having. And in some things where um, senators are talking to people and coming up with some different ideas. I know uh, there's a senator who's going to mirror the bill in Oklahoma that's like a refundable tax credit for parents that send their students to private schools. Um, the, the, we're going to look at ESA expansion, because a lot of our you know rural areas don't have access to the ESA program, the Most Scholars program that is currently there. Um, looking at finding ways to um, hold the Department of Education more accountable. And one of the things you, to keep an eye on this session is, you know, the the executive director of the Department of Education is resigning, so that her replacement will be appointed this session so that person can be confirmed by the Senate. And the Senate is very freedom-oriented, so they're going to look for a new leader there, is more supportive of educational freedom, but there's also about half of that board that's running on expired terms. And I do believe the current governor, governor, Governor Parson, will make appointments there, hoping to get them approved by the Senate before he leaves office. Because by the time, as you know, by the time the Senate is done, he'll be gone by the time they come back in the following year. Yeah. So I think you're gonna you're gonna see some some interesting choices there, and we'll see what happens because. One of the issues we've had with the Department of Education is even when we've passed some educational freedom, they have sort of gutted it through the rulemaking process, like particularly with virtual ed. Mm. We need a Department of Education that supports parents and is willing to do what the legislator, legislature enacts. I mean, you know, it's no fun when you keep passing the same bill with just a tweak on it to try to hold an account uh, an, a department accountable. Yeah. We can't allow the bureaucrats to push back on what the people of Missouri want and what the legislators have enacted.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right, and I love uh, I love the optimism. I always run hard in our legislative sessions. I was talking with my mom. I was like, "Man, yeah, it's gonna be a little bit harder this year because it just just seems it seems really challenging and it seems like there are a lot of obstacles. But sometimes it's it's through those challenges that things slip through. You know, sometimes it's people uh, people maybe not expecting something when when it actually seems to break free um, and so I, i've got some optimism i think uh dr merriam you know said it right in the last last couple segments she was saying hey each year matters to these kids each year matters to these Absolutely. parents uh, and so for us to say oh yeah this is the five-year plan or the three-year plan or even the two-year plan um well, what about this year what about the what about the junior to senior what about the kindergartner who comes in this year and this is sort of Absolutely. fundamental and foundational to the rest of their education. What about the third grader who's trying to learn division, a little more complicated math for the first time? Um, and so right. I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense that we press the issue. But I really appreciate uh, you hopping on here and, and discussing kind of the strategy and, and how we can move forward and, and you know how we should be optimistic about where we are in Missouri.
1: Thank you so much. Have a great day.